Hey, everybody. People don't forget- probably hear us singing that on the mic, and they're like, what the fuck? Hey, everybody. How are you today? Don't forget <laughs> Jeff Gelman Seminars. Um, we've got three dates planned right now over in right by Nashville, Tennessee, Chicago, Illinois, and Mantua, Mantua, New Jersey, which is right by the Philadelphia, which are the Philadelphia border. Um and there'll be more to come. You can go to jeffgelmanseminars.com for all the folks that are listening on the podcast and can't see the slide, as well as on Instagram. Anyway, my name is Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. And this is the wonderful Joelle sitting next to me. Hello, Joelle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Awesome. Very, very good. Um, this is a Q&A seminar. We, uh, you can type in your question. We will uh, uh, Joelle will read it and I will answer it. And Joelle will also probably most likely answer it. And we're here to help people. The biggest thing we help people with is stopping unwanted behaviors. We are experts at stopping unwanted behaviors. We've been stopping unwanted behaviors for 20 years, 10,000 dogs. I've traveled the world. I've done 300 plus seminars. I just say this because we're not just on social media. We actually work with dogs, um, especially the, other than the last 10 days when um the training center is closed for the holidays. We decided to take um, some holiday time off for actually working with dogs, but we've been ramping up lots of online courses. Also, if you're brand new to our world, Solid Canine Academy, Solid Canine Academy. We've got life-changing online courses. We're actually launching another new course on separation anxiety, and you will want to get on our emailing list to find out about that. If people can... um, you go to Solid Canine Academy, and there's a drop-down menu, a couple of them. One of them has the email list on that. But you're definitely going to want to find out about a live training we're doing coming up on the 15th, as well as um, uh, incredible, incredible uh, uh, opportunity for um, both community people and the course itself. And all that. Okay, you set it up. Um, yes. All right. All right. All right. So let's get right into it by typing your questions and welcome to everybody that's listening to us on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Rumble, as well as the 20 or so different podcast platforms that pick us up. We truly, truly appreciate every one of you. Um, Joel just put up a code for $75 off of any course through um, the end of the year. It's our way of saying thank you. At the end of the year, everyone spent a lot of money on Christmas. Well, now there's just a few days left, a couple days left till the end of the year. So all caps, thank you in the coupon code, save $75 off any any course. Um, and that's probably the last time we're going to probably do a sale. Um, next year, we're not going to be doing sales. Um, but we've got a lot of other new stuff planned for you. So let's get right into it. What do we have? All right. Abby says, hello, J&J and crew. Hey, Abby. How hey, are Abby. you? How are you? Um, Snuggle Buns says, hey, everyone. Hey, Snuggle Buns. Hope you're well. Miss Hines, should you allow an older dog to correct a puppy and to what degree? Well, context. Okay. So there's context. So absolutely, conceptually, absolutely, that's the best thing that could happen. If you have a dog that knows how to properly correct any dog, whether it's older or a puppy, but a puppy especially, because that's how puppies learn a lot of stuff, not just from us, but from other dogs as far as canine communication. So is your dog being fair or is it literally picking up the dog and shaking it? Um, Or is it just, you know, gently pawing it? Or does the dog keep coming back? So an effective punisher, because that's exactly what it is, 
The older dog is punishing, applying a punisher to instill an inhibitor to stop an unwanted behavior. That's exactly what the dog is doing. And that's what decent, good, excellent dog trainers do as well to stop unwanted uh, behaviors. But also, obviously, millions of owners do it as well, highly successfully. Ideally, let's say the dog, your older dog is sleeping, the other dog, um, or trying to is chewing a, uh, chewing a toy, the younger dog comes over to try to get it, or the other dog jumps on the dog's face or jumps on the dog, which happens all the time when the other dog is sleeping, and your dog just goes, Rawr, boom, quick bite, just a quick bite, I don't care where the bite is, just a quick bite, they let go, the little puppy goes, running away, that's a fair correction. And then usually within 30 seconds or less, the puppy comes back, walks up to the dog way more respectfully, will lick its face, or it'll come up to the dog and just lay down. This is all done as Mother Nature designed it. As Mother Nature designed it. So if you don't know if you've got a fair corrector, it sounds like your dog is, is doing some correcting. So now if it looks a little bit like that, that's good. Next. Um, let's see. Brittany says, hello, J&J. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. How are you? Glenn, my dog Loki is doing really great. Had his first interaction with a really loud and hyper dog and he did great. I had to catch him because he was loading, but he didn't flip out immediately like he usually does. Mm. Awesome. Is this the same Glenn who was on our podcast a few days ago and we said get the reactive dog cord? I think it was a few days ago, but within the last... And then I think they did get the reactive dog cord. I think within the last week or so, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Nicole, I've been working with your training programs. My reactive dog is doing so much better. Good. Lately, we haven't been working as much the past couple of weeks, and she has been shaking for no apparent reason. Is mm -hmm. this extra energy, or is she trying to get attention? Um, it could be some nervousness, some anticipation. Um, it could be it could be a lot of things. We have a real lot of things. Um, if you're doing nothing with your dog, but even if you do nothing with the dog, like. We have days here that are like torrential downpours and we're like, I'm not running the dog. It's like, you guys aren't swimming or running today and they're not shaking. These are high drive dogs. So what I would start suggesting is I'm glad your dog is doing better. Make sure you start working on duration work. So which is sort of what your dog is doing when it's shaking. So it's, it's a lot of times dogs struggle with doing nothing, but that doesn't mean you need to exercise them more. They just struggle with it. They just struggle with it. So start teaching your dog how to just go to place, lie down, kettle up and lie down, and just chill. It's almost as important as exercise. It really is because most people are not exercising, you know, 24 hours a day, even five hours a day usually. Maybe there's an hour a day, which is fine. Like, you know, if, if you ran your dog, say, like you actually can't run your dog and chuck it for usually 20 minutes. Usually a lot of dogs would pass out by then, but let's say you did. Let's say you did three 20 minute high intensity sessions over the course of the day. And then maybe one, and then maybe one walk around the neighborhood. Like that's enough for most dogs. It really, really is. So that's 23 hours left of not exercising. Next. Miss mm, Hines said, thanks. Yes, it's fair. Some say not to allow it at all. Thank you for your opinion. Well, the people that said not to allow it at all, I feel are very wrong um, because that's actually very important in the growth of the dog, that they learn how to properly interact with other 
dogs. And obviously these are dogs in your own house. So that's even more important. It's one thing if you have an aggressive dog that can't be around other dogs like out in public, because that you can deal with. Literally just don't meet dogs. It's, it's not that hard. Like it's not that hard to actually like avoid dogs. Um, even if you're living in New York City, there's there's you can avoid dogs. But if you've got dogs in your house that are fighting, your life is going to be extremely challenging. So let's get rid of all this nonsense when the dog's a puppy. Wouldn't that be great that your dog actually respects um, the other dog in the house and the dog that corrected it is actually being fair? That's actually fantastic. That's actually fantastic. So for someone to say, don't let it at all, I'd like to know that how is the puppy going to learn what proper dog-dog play is, what proper dog-dog communication is. Because if your puppy, if my dog was sleeping and your dog was sleeping and the puppy jumped onto that dog, and if that dog didn't correct it, I would. I would. So you have to be, you've got to advocate for all the dogs in the house. So whoever said that just unfortunately has, um, is spreading false information, which is extremely common in this industry. Next. Dog lover said, going off that older dog correcting the puppy question, would it still be okay for an adult dog that's only 10 pounds to correct a puppy that is 25? I worry if the puppy would redirect and hurt the smaller dog. Um, so at one point, I've had many dogs. So at one point I had, 12 of the book, my, my four German shepherds, um, uh, 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 they were, I remember this is when they were, um, in the kid, they were in the kitchen, not here when I was living in new England, they were in, um, there was also two chihuahuas in the house. So, you know, bone was put on the floor and the chihuahua got to the bone first. And then all the German shepherds went over to investigate that chihuahua kept four large, powerful, biting okay no but not by fighting but the, the dogs do bite um uh, uh at bay and that chihuahua picked up that bone and shook his fucking ass over to its dog bed and just plopped right down and then just looked at the dogs like mm-hmm yep that's right it's my bone so sounds like a chihuahua to me so you know could the puppy hurt the 10 pound dog well then or five pound dog whatever well then it doesn't respect it that's when you come in and bonk, say no and bonk the puppy. So a cotton towel is a great is a great puppy tool. It's a wonderful puppy tool. Next. Uh, Metal Chicksta says, good evening. Hey, how are you? Good evening. You know, one more thing. Let me just talk about a little bit here. Because I just mentioned the bonker, which is your rolled up cotton towel. If it was a puppy, you don't have to throw it. You just actually can, you know, literally, yes, you hit the dog on the head with a soft cotton towel. Call it what you want. Strike, hit, bonk, doesn't matter. Your cotton towel makes firm contact with a puppy. You are going to hear that that is wrong. You're going to hear that a lot of punishers are wrong. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear these things. It doesn't, it makes it worse. The dog will be hand shy. The dog will actually turn aggressive. Um, and a bunch of other things to make, you know, you'll destroy the relationship with you and the dog. The first question I would ask that person is, how do you know? How do you actually know? How many dogs have you bonked? How many dogs have you corrected for an unwanted behavior or for a, a behavior um, for noncompliance of a known behavior? How many dogs have you done that with? How do you know? Because if they did it and did it properly, which is not that hard to do, 
they would know that all of those things are a lie and they would stop spreading lies. So we do it all the time. Why? We stop unwanted behaviors. We make sure dogs are solid on their obedience and don't break command or don't refuse to do a command because they don't want to. And for some weird reason, we have never seen pushback, ever. You actually build the relationship with the dog. So we're going to talk about that a lot in separation anxiety. The biggest thing with separation anxiety that no one's talking about on how to stop it is you actually can correct your dog for being an asshole in the crate. Nobody talks about that. Everything is the opposite. Make it wonderful. Make it safe. Make it, you know, da-da-da. Oh, no, you'll cre- have, give it a negative association of the crate. It's the biggest line of bullshit. So when you hear me talk about those things, just think about this rationally. Next. All right. Glenn says, also, my dog Loki will not stop peeing no matter what we do with the kennel. I don't understand why he keeps peeing. I removed all blankets and let him lay there, like you said, but he still keeps peeing. So mm-hmm. in the kennel? Mm-hmm. Okay. That, it, could be, it could be a medical thing. Mm-hmm. It also could be a medical That's thing. That's a tough one. It's peeing. a really hard one. Does he pee in the house or is it only in the kennel? Like, has he made that association? Like, oh, when I'm in the kennel, so I pee. So you also might have a re- reverse housebroken dog. A lot of people call them dirty dogs as well. You might. You might. Um, also, if you just start incorporating structure, the dog might be a little bit nervous for the moment. Um, I don't know if this was happening before training or it's always been an issue, but it could be. We, we've had dogs that have been literally, they piss 12 times a day in the crate. Oh, he says all over the house and kennel. Okay. Yikes. So okay. You, so number one, you, you can um, control the water. Control the source of the water, how much the dog can have, and then put it out. You know, put it up somewhere so the dog can't continually drink it. When the dog goes outside, make it go outside to its exact same spot every time. Have it on a leash. Have it go to the exact same spot. Make sure it empties its bladder. If the dog refuses to pee outside because it's used to just peeing inside, you do have a trick for that. Oh, yeah. I just, I just piss on the ground. It usually makes the dogs yeah, want to pee. I just, piss, I just piss on the ground. And if a dog pisses on your piss, that doesn't mean it's dominating you. It's like, and no, if my dog hasn't shit for a while, no, I don't take a shit on my backyard. All right? But you can stick your finger up the dog's if butt. Is it something the dog's always done? Because it might just not be housebroken. Yeah. Like, you might not have actually taught the dog, like, hey. You pee outside. You pee on a schedule. Right. You pee outside. Yeah. You yeah. might have to, like, literally yeah. start from square one. Yeah. Or, like, a puppy. You won't be the first one. I mean, there's many people that don't have a housebroken dog. Yeah. So, start out with, you know, housebreaking crate training. We don't have any We don't have any good videos on that at all. But you can just look it up, how to, how to crate train a dog and housebreak a dog. You just might have to start from scratch. That's all. They can, they, they can learn. An older dog can learn. Next. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany said, introducing prong for pup. He's 10 weeks. We've just been practicing putting it on and immediately taking it off to help him get used to it. Mm-hmm. What age do you recommend starting actually using it? He's a large breed puppy, if that matters. So it would be in a way it does, because you know, when you get a larger dog, I mean, you know, you can have a 16-week-old, 14-week-old dog that's dragging you down the street. This is the big thing though. We don't use it for any corrections at all. So we 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 would layer the existing training. So what I'm going to assume, which I shouldn't do, but I'll just say it then, is at 10 weeks old, you should be doing literally a couple hundred reps a day combined of all your obedience commands. Fast paced, fast paced, fast paced. We're making a new puppy video. We've got a puppy coming in in January. We're going to be making a new puppy video as well. 
And what you're going to be doing is tons of, you know, basically shaping your behaviors, all food, lots of use the dog's daily food. Don't use extra food or the dog will get overweight. Dog's daily food, have it just work, drills, sit, down, place, recall, boom, 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 boom. Don't worry too much about the heel right now. Heel can be taught in a day. Next. David says, hey guys, I have a question on doing obedience for a toy. Sometimes my dog will bark while doing the down or sit or spin. How can I correct so that it doesn't seem like I'm correcting what I asked them to do? Well, like if, if they do the wrong thing and you say, no, first of all, the toy might be too... Sounds like it's getting the dog worked it's getting up. getting the yeah. dog too worked up. So unless you're doing trick training, you're creating, you know, you're doing training. So if you're doing family pet obedience training and not like trick training or sport work or anything fancy like that, just, just, just the basics, we actually want to create a calm state of mind. So that's why we have dogs that we actually can use food when they get too excited. Don't use toys with, actually even physically touch them. Like literally, just pet, not, not on your hands and knees kissing and hugging, but just like good and pet. Even sometimes talking too loud. So all of our markers are, you know, good. Good. Now, when, when the command is over, you can be more excited. But be careful about, well, I use food during the whole command and then... At the very end, when I say, you know, yes or break, I give them a toy or you can give them food. Again, pay attention. Does it get the dog too ramped up? Because then what can happen is your dog can be anticipating the break and then they're getting too excited all that. They're always anticipating and they actually never learn how to relax. So it all depends on what you're, do, what, you're, what you're doing. But as far as correcting the dog, if you say down and the dog just sits and it absolutely positively knows down, you can correct it for that. It'll know because it's not in the down. And if it's, it sounds like it's offering commands to get the toy. Mm -hmm. Shay says, my dog will now do place and downstays for hours. She breaks when the doorbell rings, though. Should I just role play it and correct her for breaking? For the door, the doorbell's ringing? Mm -hmm. Dog's um, break. breaking place. Yeah. Yeah. If the dog absolutely positively knows place, have, have a leash on it, correct it pretty firmly. Correct it extremely firmly. We do stuff like that all the time. We Once a dog knows the command, we'll knock on the door, ring the doorbell, open the fridge, um, uh, say the dog's name because the name is not the release word. So you can say the dog's name over and over again. Um, if the dog is released, if the dog breaks command, you can correct it. It's like, oh my God, you're correcting the dog for saying its name. I'm like, but that's not the release word. So if the dog positively knows the actual command, they know that it's a built-in stay, which happens through training. And... Um, then they know a release, then it's very fair. Next. Medusa Kane Corso, happy, healthy new year. My dog is six years old. I create him when company is over. He never reacted to people passing him on the way to the bathroom, mm -hmm. but he went nuts when a 10-year-old girl passed him. Okay. So you may not have a lot of experience with younger children. Um, all you have to do, again, no, correct. E-cower is the best in that situation. Again, you're going to hear from people, many people. Don't do that. The dog will associate the child with discomfort. Really? Then why is the dog going nuts right now? Before I made that suggestion. That's, like, that's another response you can tell to people saying, but before I did this, like, that my dog was reacting. That's why I asked the question. So it's like, what do you mean I'll make it worse? It's already existing. It already exists. Mm. So somebody could have like, um, uh, 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 you can think of any example, a pre-existing condition and say, don't do that. You'll get whatever. I'm like, I already got that. And I've never actually never had that type of fruit before. Or I've never had that, you know, supplement before. Next. 
Um, Christy said Loki's peeing has gotten worse since we have incorporated the fundamentals. Yep. So what happens is anytime, anytime you put structure into the dog's life, that doesn't mean it's going to make it worse, but it's a wake-up call to the dog. So we have dogs that do this. They won't go into a down and you go with just a leash pop. And it knows down, by the way. You say no leash poplets, for instance. The dog actually might redirect on you. And you're like, oh my gosh, correcting the dog makes, makes the dog aggressive. Worse. Made the dog you know, aggressive. Obedience makes it worse. It's like, no, 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 no. Start giving your kids chores that have never had chores before. Change your kid's bedtime from 11 p.m. on your teenager's bedtime from 11 p.m. Not even bedtime, their curfew. Literally for six months go, honey, your curfew's on midnight. You know, they're 16 years old, they're semi-responsible, 17 years old, semi-responsible. You know, curfew's midnight. Curfew's midnight, curfew's midnight. All of a sudden, the day after six months, say, by the way, I've been thinking about it, now it's 10 p.m. I assure you they're not going to go, okay, right? sounds good to me. I wasn't out having fun anyway. I assure you you're going to get pushed back. So whenever you start working the dog, it doesn't make it, it's not that it makes it worse. Obviously, the pain is getting worse, but the dog actually does go through stress. Just, just welcome to the real world. All right. I assure you, when I was doing, I used to do triathlons when I was training, it was some of that training was very, very stressful and painful, by the way. Try doing stairs until you throw up. Um, so you might be just getting now your dog just, it's not that it's getting mad at you. It's not that it's, you know, anything like that. It's just, it could be just a higher stressor right now. Um, it could be a lot of different things, but it could be, he could be associating too, like, oh, if I pee, it puts, it gets me outside. Therefore I get out of the work. Right. That happens Some dogs too. will do that. Right. Yes. I would also say like, how much free roaming is he getting? Because right. while he's in training, you should almost be like yeah, play. sitting on the dog. Technically, he should always be on a leash. Right. Under direct supervision, um, he should be very structured. Yeah, highly structured. Very yep. structured potty routine. Yep. That's um, a big part of our training is the structure. Yeah. Yep. Next. Let's see. Vincesa. Oh, my God. I haven't seen you in forever. I hope you're well. She's so happy to see you guys on here again. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Thank you. My four-year-old kind of course OPs in the house and all this all this peeing. We're not the pee people. We're, we're not good for pee problems. He's in the house at night all when right. we are asleep, so we usually crate him at night. Any tips on training him to not pee while we are asleep? It started happening two years ago when a cousin's dog peed in our house. So we've crated him at night ever since. He good. will never pee in his crate overnight. Good. Then guess what, guess what the answer is? And it's not a cap out for lack of training. Crate your dog at night. I think mean, that's what we would do. Yeah. Create, just create the dog. And does that mean like, oh, I want my dog to free roam. What's the point of having a King Corso if he can't free roam? I'm like, that gives you a good excuse to buy more guns. That's what it's for. But it's like the chances of your Corso, you know, I assure you, if somebody's sneak, sneaking around your house, your dog is going to bark. And a Corso has an intense bark. The person's going to think twice about it. Also, if someone breaks in the house, the dog will be barking. You'll reach for your gun. And if you're not pro-gun, are you Pro your life. Look at it. Just look at it that way. Look at it that way. Wh whose life is more important, yours or some person breaking into your house? Just look at things that way. Um, so it's like you might, you might want to rethink your firearm, you know, thing. I'm not trying to convince you of anything at all. Um, but especially if you're living in the U.S. Because lots of stuff going on here. But that's a hard one, like especially if it's at night when everyone's asleep. Like, how could you possibly hold the dog yeah, accountable? It's you crate it. Yeah, and it never goes to the bathroom in the crate. Next. 
It's definitely a hard one. Um, Medusa said, my dog is e-collar trained. I learned from your free classes, so I never expected him to do this. He's always around children, but I will be ready from now on. Yeah. So, but, but could have been a fluke. It could have been a fluke, but also we have a lot of non-free classes. We have paid classes, which are even more thorough, which are extremely thorough. But still, I don't think it like that's an unwanted behavior that we might not be addressing. But I'm sure there was one of the the, the e-cower courses where that might we probably talk about it. But bottom line is, any unwanted behavior in general, you correct. Excuse yeah, it's just a random yeah. I mean, you you know, episode in the kennel. You, like, yeah, you have the dog go into a down with his head down, okay, in a settle command or a double down, same thing. And you have the kid go, okay, I want you to run by the crate a bunch of times. The dog moves, no, correct. That's how you start it. Yep. Um, let's see. Christy said, could just be reacting to the new structure. Yeah, low yeah, key. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, ha- it happens. It happens. It's just the way... It's just the just the way that reality works. Next, um, Soja says twenty seven week old Malinois needs people socializing. What do you recommend? Twenty seven week. Twenty seven weeks. So what is that like? So that's seven that's seven months. Almost seven months Why old. You just yeah, say seven months. Who said that? <laughs> Soja. Soja, come on. How many? What are you gonna do? <laughs> My dog's fifty two weeks old. Come on. <laughs> My dog, sixty-five weeks old. Just say seven month old, um, which is fifty-six. Which is uh, 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 well, depends on how you do your how do your how you do your weeks. So, anyway, uh, existence. You there's different ways to socialize a dog because they're kind of past that initial. In this age, phase. you're way past that. This age, the socialization is take your dog everywhere. But don't let people And actually, don't interact. let people interact. That don't let people come up. Yeah, don't let people like, come up. Because mm. at the very beginning, at the very beginning, at like, you know, 12, 14 weeks when they're old, really young. we actually, like, we want everybody everybody to handle the dog. Yeah. We just give them instructions how to do it. Everybody handle the dog. Lots of food rewards for, for, for you know, being handled. And we want to do that. But at this age now, socialization is going to be, you're going to go to a lot of places, hear a lot of sounds, feel vibration on the ground, see tons of different people of all different nationalities. Um, and you're going to just ignore everybody and other dogs too. Yeah. And other dogs. Next. And you're probably going to start going through like a little bit of a fear stage too. So don't be surprised if the dog starts barking or getting yeah. like weird around people. It's like yep. you have to correct that too. Give the dog lots of structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven months is like. Yeah. And so that's when it starts to get a little male too. Yeah. You de- yeah. You definitely want to get that dog. You definitely want to have, I'm glad you're asking that question because you definitely like, even, this isn't to you, but if you get a Malinois or any breed of dog, get them out in public as quick as possible. Even though the vet says, well, there's only been two shots, two rounds of shots. You need a third. It's like, it's like the chances of your dog picking something up, it's like you're better. You have to weigh it. Picking something up or being better socialized. Next. Christy said, thanks, guys. Loki is just doing great with his reactivity. We are loving our new norm. Awesome. Good. Joyful- well, doing great with its lack of reactivity. Yes. Yes. But now he's just peeing. But you know, I'm sure right. you'll get that under yeah, control. Yeah, you will. It's just, it's like it's all. Sometimes tra- dog training is like whack a mole. Mm-hmm. It is. I'd rather my dog bite me though than piss all over the place. Honestly, I really would because it's e- it's easier to stop a dog from biting than it is from a dog from pissing all over the house. It actually is. Yeah, it actually is. Yep. 
Joyful Canine, I was approached yesterday by two Humane Society officers. I had four dogs, two on leash, Husky and Roddy off leash and a heel on e-collar, then sit-stay when they told me to stop. They gave me a warning, but then went over to the guy across the field. He has three, and his friend had two off leash, but his were out of control, untrained, two duchies. Apparently, people reported. Gave them 1500 in tickets, 300 per dog. I said, I guess an e-leash doesn't count and showed the remote. He said, sorry, not yet. It's mm-hmm. usually a $300 fine, yep. but just so you know, yep. I'm annoyed others ruined it for us. Yep. Our spot for two years. So that's the thing. It's like you can have a dog better behaved, better, more in control, off leash. Many people do. We do. than a lot of dogs on leash. So they should be going by just like you should be. You can. Don't judge a character by the judge, judge a person by the color of their skin, but the character of them. It's like you should be judging. You should be judging. Um, if you're going to be finding people, you have to look at the big picture. It's like yes, your dogs are in control. I know they're on off leash, but they're in control. And there are so many dogs that we have seen pull their owners down and get away from their owners, and they're on a leash, but eventually they're not. Right? They're dragging the leash behind, and then dogs that have broken through their collars their collars snap because they pulled so hard mm-hmm. and they get off leash so it should be really more about not like leash it should be like we there should be a da- you know asterisks after that next ashley said i have a six-month-old pit pup in for training with me Is that 24 weeks <laughs> yeah okay she has the last two days started showing aggression when picking up the water bowl or taking things out of her mouth has never shown aggression Mm -hmm. and it isn't consistent what to do owner has two small kids so the dog's resource guarding so we've got a um your dog is classic it's typical and it usually doesn't show like we don't meet many six month old human aggressive dogs for like truly aggressive predatory aggression yeah we just don't meet those really that much i I actually worked with a client um back in new england who had a 14 week old akita 14 weeks that's young and um we're doing all of our basics and the dog was on a leash. We're doing a little, a little bit of a short walk, like up and down, like, you know, a little bit past this house. And then we were, you know, obviously, you know, you get the dog to sit when you come to a stop. And I was standing in front of him, talking to him. His dog is in 14 week old Akita is in a sit. And I looked down at the dog and that dog lunged, lunged at my chest and bit my chest. Damn. That wasn't, that's not puppy biting, by the way. That would have been my shoe. You know what I mean? Um, or um, like a lot of males, I'm gonna, I'll pick on males and duchies. They'll grab your pant leg. They'll grab a sleeve. But they're not going to ram you and bite your freaking nipples off. So um, I, w- I was like, uh, we have a problem here. We have a problem here. This is highly unusual for this dog to do it. The dog did like, that's, a, that's an interesting decision for a yeah. 14-week-old puppy to make. You know? It's really young. So... Um, it, what you're going to be doing is we have a resource guarding course that is extremely helpful, but you're going to be teaching the out command number one, but you also, um, the resource guarding course is actually incredible. Next. And it's $75 off right now mm-hmm. with coupon code. Yep. Thank if you. you're a trainer, it'll really help you. I think she's a trainer, right? She's two of yeah. my clients. Yeah. Yep. It'll dramatically help you a lot. A ton of trainers buy our courses. Mm-hmm. Next. And says I said, yep, 100%, and we've got our guns. Good. <clears throat> Good. Medusa Conacorso said, okay, yes, thank you. We'll do the head down and have kids run past. Yeah. Forgot about that. I remember Angelo running past the crates. Yeah. So that's so Angelo Ray has probably written, 
uh, Angelo's worked with a couple thousand dogs um, in his in his lifetime. He's 11. He did most of the work, though, between the ages of zero and nine. He actually, 48 hours old, he actually was his first distraction training with dogs. And it was within two hours of him coming home from the hospital. Yeah, he's been working with dogs for a long time, long time. Um, and then as he gets older, he can do more distraction work. But wh whenever we have a problem um, with a dog like that, we're like, okay, let's set it up. Unfortunately, sometimes the dogs catch on to the game, so they don't do something. So some, then you got to catch them by surprise next time. Or just be prepared to correct. Be prepared to correct next. Brittany, also with 10-week-old pup, we are mind blown at how well crate training can go. We have the puppy course and started at day one. Literally the morning we got him and we are a week in and he currently can crate at any time of day and will put himself in there when he is tired. So fun to see. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. Start, take that puppy course and freaking run with it. So many people deal with like the barking and the crying so and the stuff. whining. And yeah. like, you can stop all of that. If, if you do the Stop it young. The puppy course going into the green to graduate, you'll have a fully well-behaved, awfully trained dog. Yep. If you join our community, which is a membership thing, the doors are opening back up. So we only open up the doors for a little bit of time and then close them. Then who's ever in the community is in the community and then wait until the next opening of it. So it opens up January 1st. Again, uh, yearly memberships are actually fantastic because you get add, eat a ton of added bonuses to it. Um, between that and then the support system in the community, the you don't need to hire a dog it's trainer. so good. You actually don't. Yep. So many and, amazing And then, and then having there. common sense as well. Yeah. Yep. Next. And we do the live coaching call. Yeah. That, yep. We do that twice a month. Into Things says, I have a Dogo Argentino and he's very dog reactive, but yeah. can now walk with our Frenchie. I'm scared to have them both out in the house because he's so large and could kill him. Yep. Will it ever be possible? I don't know your dogs. I don't know you. Yeah. So is it possible? Yes. With your two dogs? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about the dogs. Just, just being reactive is one thing, but I don't know. I mean, you always, it's not even just about two dogs, the same, a different size to be two dogs, the same size. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, at a minimum, you know, create at least one of the dogs when you leave the house, create one of them, but, or create both of them. You know, but at least one. That way, that way, most likely, there's not going to be a dog fight. I mean, every once in a while, a dog will break into another dog's crate. You know, so I, I, I had um, back when I first started my career. I just started first started doing boarding trains after eight years of being on the road. So let's see, say maybe ten years ago, I remember I worked with a, um, I worked with a rescue, and I, which I don't do, you know, would not do anymore as far as like keeping their dogs, training them, and giving them back to the rescue. It's almost like a waste of time because there's no consistent end user to it, um, to the training. But um, we, they, one of the dogs broke into another dog's kennel. Broke right into another dog's kennel. It got into a huge dog fight. It got its ass kicked, too. So, Dang. Yeah, got destroyed. Yeah, next. So, just said, much appreciated. You're welcome. David said, that makes sense. More calm on my part if using a toy. Another question. When I'm out with her in a store, Joanne's, and I'm having her do obedience in the store, she will demand bark. I call her Bob Barker for a treat. I'm carrying treats for backup. Stop. Well, you just answered your own question. Stop with the food rewards. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. We use food. We use a reward-based system. And if you bought our, you know, people that have watched our courses, we talk about a lot of punishment here, but that's only 5% of our world. 95% of our world is, is just 
proactive reward-based obedience training, exercise, state of mind work. But we talk about punishment a lot because nobody is. I mean, there's sort of a couple of people are. We sort of gave people permission to do it. But, you know, people don't like to talk about it because of the pushback. Um, but once the dog knows the commands, and if it's going to Joanne's with you and doing public access work like that, you probably have done a good job training it. Just take away the food. It doesn't need food. It, it doesn't eat food. It should, so why? what's the motivation for the dog? Not being corrected is one. Also, if you've, you've got, if hopefully you've got a good relationship with the dog now, it listens to what you tell it to do. So you got, you got, you got two things. But you don't, at this point, you, want it, you don't want it to work for food because or you're gonna, it's going to bite you in the ass. Next. Um, joyful canines, can you expand on what you added to the community today? I saw a notification, but I was working and didn't read. I added a go home session with a client. Mm. So that reactive dog Raja we had in, we've been doing a lot of in-home training with them. Um, so I just put up the first part of his go home. I'm editing the second part, which is off property. And then we met them just off property again yesterday mm. for like another outing. Mm -hmm. So we're documenting a lot of Raja because he's an interesting case. Yeah, we're documenting um, a lot of- A lot of troubleshooting with that, him. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and you see in the owner training too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's another great, and by the way, if everyone's like, what video is this? You only see it if you're in the community. Yeah. Joel puts up all kinds of exclusive content, which are all learning. They're not just like, oh my God, someone just said the other day, I put up us walking the boarding dogs who hadn't been here in a while. So right. they were being a little bit pushy, you right. know, they're trying right. to, you did a couple things and somebody was like, holy shit. Like this three minute video was like worth my entire annual membership. <laughs> right. Right. Well, like, you never know what you're going to pick up. Because now her walks are great. Literally, yeah. her walks went from good to excellent. Mm -hmm. Literally in a day. Yeah. In, well, I'm sorry, not even a day, in a walk. She did one walk, incorporated what we what what, what she saw in the video and was like, oh my gosh, my, my life has changed. Mm -hmm. This was from a three minute video. Three minutes. And guess what? <laughs> I don't talk about it. I do, but I show it. That's yeah. one thing we do is here we are, I know, talking, but we actually show what we do. We do. We, sh we show what we do. Yep, we cor we'll correct dogs right on film, just so you know, like, your timing and how the dog responds and then what happens after the dog gets corrected and how to deal with that and what to do. Because sometimes dogs know to go back into command, sometimes know to stop the behavior, sometimes they don't. So we help you troubleshoot that. Next. Sabrina said, I love the resource guarding course. Extremely effective. Yes. Awesome. That is a course that I don't think gets enough credit because mm. we launched it so long ago. I think people forget that we have it. Right. It's such a good course. Well, resource guarding is a it's humongous a huge issue. Problem. It's a huge issue. I and know. people are people are the advice that people are getting. If I wanted to train my dog how to resource guard, this is what I would do. I would have my dog. Um so I'm sorry, if I would want to train my dog to be a worse resource guarder, this is what I would do. And never stop it. This is what I would do. Dog, go. I walk up to the dog bowl. The dog growls. I take some kibble. I throw it on the ground to the right or the left. The dog goes for the kibble, and I take away its food bowl. This is what people are being told. This is what people are told. Let's see. If I growl, food shows up on the ground. You know what? Why would I ever stop growling? Why would I ever stop growling? This is what people are taught. If anybody understands anything about a reward-based training system, which they should, because that's what they preach and don't do anything else, 
you're actually rewarding your dog into a worse behavior. Next. And have I seen it before? Yes, I have. So when you, you say you've seen it before, but also it just makes logical sense. Next. Joyful Canine said, do you have a multiple dog household course? We do. Yeah, we do. It's called the Playful Pack. And it was a bunch of dogs that were all fighting with each other. Yep. And it was wild. And we wrangled them all. And we went all the way to California. Well, they to came here the from, owners. yeah. That's another thing. That's in the video, they too. They came from California. They came yeah. from California. They drove. They did great. 3,000 miles. There's a baby in the house. Yeah. There's a lot going yep. on in the and house. And then we, and then we they, they went back. We flew out there. We spent a week with them, training yep. them. Yep. Dogs did great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just said, that's what messed up messed me up with early socialization, worrying about the pup not having all the shots, hearing people tell me to take the pup out to socialize or wait till it has all the shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, I mean, like, you know. In the beginning, though, what I will do is I'll put him in a shopping cart because yeah. then they're not on the ground, like, licking and sniffing right. all, like, this, gross this things. This is the thing. Okay. How many dogs, how many dogs are pick up a disease when they only have one shot left and how many dogs are hit by cars? And how many dogs are so nervous and fearful about everything in the environment? Which is higher? The picking up the disease is the, is the last, is the lowest one. Mm. There's more dogs that are hit by cars because they don't have recall, right? Yeah. So that's a curious. danger. The numbers on right. that. So it's, sure. like, but, uh, the, it's obvious, though, that you're not hearing about all these dogs picking up these diseases. No. You're like, oh, yeah, the dog got parvo because he didn't have all his, sh- all his shots and we took him out at 10 weeks old. Next. Right. Um, David said, thanks. Joyful Canine said, J&J, the gift that you sent to us, does it apply only to courses or one-on-ones as well? Only digital courses. Right. Um, Chris- well, we... Do you mean one-on-one what? The one-on-one consults. Oh, yeah, digital courses. Yeah, anything, anything that is not... Mm. Um, so one, you pay for my time. One, you pay for a course that we've already put the time into. So we have more flexibility on that. Christy said, for Loki, the maintenance man had to come into our apartment while Loki was able to stay in place. Nice. While the guy came in and out of our apartment, we had him on leash and e-collar on. Good, Good. for you. Yeah. That's amazing. But it's, it's, you, you know, you didn't even have to mention the e-collar on. It's like you were doing dog training. Yeah, you're like, training them. I'm like, I'm not, obviously, I'm, I've, I've been an advocate for e-collars for the last, I've been using them for only 18 out of my 20 years, for the last 18 years, and nobody was talking about them on social media at all. I mean, social media really didn't exist that much, but, you know. I was on YouTube, so nobody was talking about it at all. As soon as YouTube came out, as soon as Facebook came out, as soon as Instagram came out, I've been talking about it on my podcast. I've been doing for a long, long time. So that's the problem is like, I'm really trying to change the conversation though to it's like, it's dog training. It's dog training. The dog, the e-coward didn't keep the dog there. Your training kept the dog there. I guess that's my bigger point. Next. Dan said, looking forward to looking into the community, jumped in late and just heard you mention it, opening up the first. Yep, yep. Op- opens up the first and the price is going to keep going up, everybody, just to let you know. we're adding more and more and more and more. Yep. Like eventually it's going to have like way more courses. So the people that already there, bought so. the year membership, you like, you're saving you're yourself. You're literally getting in late and you're grandfathered in. Yeah. So yep. unless yep. you like cancel and then rejoin, then, then you're going to be higher, but if you just let it auto renew, yeah. Yeah. It's just the way it's the way things work. Yeah. The more you add to it, the more value yeah, you, you give people. First. Yeah. Next. Um, Rowdy Alley says, Does the dog need to wear the collar forever? Um, I don't know you and I don't know the dog. And I'm not being snarky, snarky at all. I mean, the bottom line is is you have to give it a little bit of context. 
So for instance, in the house, most dogs that are trained should be underneath voice control. No matter how they were trained, frankly, they should be underneath voice control. You should be able to stop. Once the dog understands what behaviors not to do, what behaviors to do, then you don't need a leash on your dog. You know, you don't need to, you know, you're now you're just living with your dog and you're just, you know, living with it. And that's the training. So um, as far as outside off leash, um, it makes the most sense to if a dog is is trained to recall on an e-collar because of all, and again, you have to still do tons of training. If you just put the collar on the dog and hit the button, the dog's not gonna run back to you. If anything, it'll probably run away from you. So, but if you've got a dog that knows incredible recall and the e-collar helps you with that, and the dog's off leash, you might as well have it on. It's, it's not, it's not, it, it's not a crutch. No. It's not. We're talking about a free-thinking animal who its animal instincts will over, mother nature will always take over training. That doesn't mean every time. That means if there's a battle, the dog's like mentally fighting, mother nature is probably going to win. Now, can you get a dog to stop chasing deer? We do all the time. Don't chase birds. Don't even look at birds. We do all the time. But I'm just saying, though, there are those moments where your dog just might go, um, you know what? I think today I'm going to go after the deer for some weird reason. Uh, so it's not like they've got to wear, wear it forever. But is training forever? You know, technically, yes. Yeah, there's upkeep for you're sure. All, you're always doing the same stuff with your dogs. Mm -hmm. You know, or because that's because when you do different stuff, you want it to you you want it to work. But most folks are not even doing a tenth of what they were supposed to be doing with their dogs. So if the e-cower helps them out dramatically, keep wearing it. Next. Sabrina said, I've fixed a majority of resource guarding with my dog using high e-collar. However, hand feeding her treats tends to trigger her resource guarding. Any suggestions? Well, you this isn't a cop out, but you can just, why are you hand feeding your dog treats is number one, right? So, but you can also bonk the dog for that too. No, bonk. The bonker might be more powerful, believe it or not. So you set it up, you set it up. Yep. You can also do the, uh, the, the, you know, when the dog starts taking the treats acceptable, you can do this combination of yes and no training. So you can click and if the dog is calm, you can click, then let go of the treat. If the dog's not calm and starts getting, you know, nasty with you, you can say no and bonk the dog. Next. Joyful Canine said on the resource guarding, if the dog has never resource guarded in three years, any harm in trading or rewarding when taking the object, just saying reinforcing good job? What's the point? The dog already is, doesn't do it. If anything, you would still. If anything, I would do the opposite and teach the dog the out command. If your dog is already not re, if your dog's not resource guarding at all, you don't have to do. You don't have to keep reinforcing it doing well if it doesn't do it at all. Because if the dog, once the dog knows that there's a consequence for something, that's enough of a motivation most of the time. But if anything, I would teach the dog the out command in case the dog is resource guarding, then they'll know how to move away from something. But you don't have to reward the dog for not resource guarding. Like, you're not getting, you're not getting, um, just because you come in on time, like, I'm not going to give you, give you anything for it. But you don't come in on time, you're going to lose your job. Next. Um, let's see. Ashley, I'm a trainer, as you guys know, and struggle 
getting the owners to be aware of their energy with their dogs. The dogs will be perfect for me, but for the owners, they still struggle. It's not a lot of clients, but a few I just can't get to be able to control their dog. Um, if you work with enough, it's going to be many clients. Mm. No matter how well you train that dog. Remember, are you training the dog for you or are you training the dog for the owner? Obviously, the dog will always listen to you best. Always. I think there was one dog that surprised the shit out of us. That, <laughs> like did that, better with the that, owner. That, and we're so thankful because that dog was really struggling. It knew everything to do. Yeah. But once it got, but it was really struggling. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I hope this dog does way better with the owners. Yeah. Um, and it did. It did great, but we had to still train it. Remember, it's not their energy. It's not their energy as much as it is their inexperience. A lot of owners can't even hold leashes proper. So it's not the energy, it's that they're, it's their lack of experience and their lack of knowledge, no fault of theirs. That's why the dog went to you. But that's why you're, that's that's 50% of your job is to have the owner be successful. There's also a really specific way we do our go-home sessions for a reason. So I don't know if you're part of the community yet or if you're considering being part of the community, but we have a lot of our go-home sessions in the community and you can see why we do things in such a specific way, in such a specific order, because through the years and all the troubleshooting we've had to do, you, find out. you find out what works right. best. Right. And like we literally have a system for right. our go-homes. But you're always going to be, that's why you're not going to see a lot of trainers actually show clients working with the dog that went to the board and train. Because most of them literally fall apart. I don't say most, a lot of them fall apart. But we'll show it and we'll show the dog struggling. But the dog is always going to do better for you, no matter how well you trained and know how competent the owners are. Actually, the dog can do great for the owners, but the dog will probably do greater for you. Because that's what you do for a living. You do it every day. Your timing is better. Your communication with the dog is better. You have a different different relationship with the dog. A lot of times it's also association. Oh, yeah. The way the dog associates with the owner is like, I really don't have to listen to you. Yep. I really don't take you seriously. I actually don't respect you at all. With you, that's all it's ever known, most likely. Next. Yeah. Nicole said, dogs have the mom's immunity for six months. Otherwise, rabies will be required earlier. High quality food equals better immune system. Hmm. There you go. Um, call me Codas is bonkers. The only tool that de-escalates my dog. Using a less is more approach because I don't want it to lose its effectiveness. How often is too often? Well, with most of the boarding trains we work with, we usually have to buy that they're with us for six um, weeks, which is over three and a half million seconds. They get maybe a total of six to 10 seconds. Every once in a while, maybe 20 seconds. Not continuous, but we're talking like those are one, six events which is, you know, or up to 20 events. And, but we're dealing also with some serious behaviors. Um, but if you, if you always want to make sure you're saying no first, before any punisher, it's usually no and then and then consequence. So if you're saying no, no becomes very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. This is how you water it down. A lot of people are just threatening their dog with a, the bonker but not deploying it. So if you threaten the dog with a bonker, that means it should have been deployed already. Because we don't like that. We don't like to say, if you don't stop, I'm going to bonk you. If you don't stop, I'm going to shock you. If you don't okay, stop, I'm going to cor correct you. It's like, nope, you shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. Sorry. If you say no, you've got to follow through. You have to follow through. Yep. Otherwise, the dog is like, I don't yep. have to take you seriously. Yep. Um, let's see. Sharon said, if I told my dog to leave it, he would until I said, okay, have it. 
This could last all day or until I said, okay, have it. Smart from the start, which made him the perfect service dog for me. Love you guys. Good. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, when you got dogs with that type of grasp of learning, we get a lot of dogs in that are like Groundhog Day. We're Literally. talking like well, you can do you can do you can do a hundred reps with a dog on something the next day. They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, nope, never heard of it. Never heard of it at all. <laughs> I actually don't even understand the word. I don't understand the position. Never knew what that was talking about. You give them leash guidance. They're like, what are you doing? Trying what, to bite you. It's like, what are you? What's what, what, like? What are you? What are you? Why are you trying to pull me into a down? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, um, we just did a hundred downs successfully yesterday. This is the exact same thing. Like, well, today I don't. I want used to. leash pressure yesterday. Yeah. Next. Call me Coda said, yeah, it's really loading and my no and verbal is becoming effective on the first time. Good. As it should be. Yep. As it should be. Good for you. Congratulations. Soja said, is seven months old a good age to start using an e-collar too? Will it help with socializing? Well, let me answer your first question. You can start e-collar training as young as four months old, but remember, you're not correct. You're not correcting your dog. You're not doing active gods. You're not even doing high level corrections. You're just layering it over your existing leash and uh, food training system with a pressure on, pressure off con- concept. The way we train e-cower is a four-stage approach. There's CS for continuous stim, NCS for non-compliant stim. I'm sorry, there's there's um there's a step there's a step before that. CS continuous stim and the- now before that priming. Priming. I don't think I mentioned priming. That's uh, why there's priming, CS, NCS, and then correction. So it's a very it's a multi-step thing. We're not just correcting the dog. It's seven months old though. You want to use it for socialization. What how are you going to use it for socialization? Just walk, just walk me through that. What that'll look like? Because you have to be super careful, super careful in socialization with an e-cower, unless the dog actually understands like the out command. You can use it to reinforce that. Um, it's actually great to actually work obedience in packs of dogs to get your dog to listen to you with high levels of distraction. But if the dog makes the wrong choice and it's never been corrected on an e-cower for something, that's not the place to do it. That's not the place to do it. Our Green to Graduate program breaks it all down. Yeah. I just linked it for you. Yeah. $75 off right now. Yeah. If you use the code, thank you. Yeah. It breaks down everything. Yeah. Everything from your fundamental leash work all the way up to e-collar, off-leash, public mm-hmm. access, proofing your obedience. I mean, we had this dog off-leash in the woods, hiking with our pack, flying to us on a recall. Like, so we show you our entire we training show you program. Everything. Yep. Yeah. A totally green dog. Didn't even know its name. <laughs> Um, into things that thank you. We always create one and switch every hour. I will look into your courses. Hold on, switch every hour? Her dogo and the Frenchie. Why every hour? Because her dogo is reactive and she's scared to have them. I know, but but why switch? Like, what do you mean every hour? She's creating and rotating. Every hour? That's what she says. Oh, they can, you can do longer than that. Well, first of all, we have to get these dogs to be, exist together. So you might want to do an online consult for that. We need to get them to exist together so you don't have to create and rotate. Because create and rotate gets old really, really fast, as you know. But they yeah, should at least be able to like hold place. But, but if you're gonna, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna create them, you don't have to switch them every hour. Switch them every three hours if you want to. I mean, she's walking them together. Right. So So you can start doing place together. You can have to put them on a tie back if you want to well, for not safety. Like together on the same bed, no, but in the but, same but room. In the same room. Start getting them to start getting them to ex- think about this, getting them to exist in the same area and not care about each other, but in a duration command, not necessarily walking around, not necessarily walking around. So that's what you yeah. want to do. Um, Soja said, thanks again. Oh, you're welcome again. 
And that's it. It's seven fifty six. We go through all the questions. Awesome. So don't forget, we've got Solid Canine Academy, Solid Canine Academy for all of our online courses and our online consults. We also we also have um, the community, which is an online community. It's a private community. It's run by us. It's a membership platform. So you can do monthly and you can do um, yearly. Yearly is a great deal, and you get massive amounts of um, added bonuses. And you'll see things that nobody else sees, like continuously. All the time. You know, all the time. Like uh, people that do monthly can't see it. We'll probably be putting some puppy stuff in there when yep. the puppy comes in. We have a puppy in. coming in. We've got, We've got um, that separation anxiety dog coming in. Yeah, that's for the course. We have two two more courses that are in the works. And there'll be information on live training and the pre-sale stuff coming up. And then just don't forget that this is the last time we're doing a sale. So we do we do pre-sale stuff like when we're launching a course, but we're not going to be doing any. In 2024, we are not doing any like. 20 bucks off, 50 bucks off, 100 bucks off. It's not going to exist anymore. We're not yeah. doing our courses are great enough as it is. They're at a fair price and um, we give you incredible value. And um, we're just getting off of that model because um, I don't think it's fair. We've decided that it's actually like not fair. So we just want to be like, it's the same price mm-hmm. all the time for everybody. All right. Everybody have a happy new year. We will not. Yeah, no, no, we'll year, see no, no, we won't. We, we, no. We'll, we'll, be, we'll do Monday. a new year. So is that the first? That's the first. Oh my God. We're going to spend New Year's Day with you guys. Yep. We'll see everybody on New Year's Day. Angelo has to say goodbye. He made it in time. <laughs> okay. Hi. <laughs> Where'd you run from? You know, you act like you ran like a mile. <laughs> say goodbye. Sorry. Say goodbye. We have to close the show out. Bye. See you guys next year. And sorry for not being able to make it the other like five shows i know people are pissed no they're not okay. i don't they care okay. bye angelo don't say that <laughs> of course they care people love you all right, all right everybody see you take, all next year take care bye, bye. bye.